0: You're listening to Cards to the Moon, a podcast about trading cards from both a collector and investor perspective. We hope you'll stick around for the ride as we take a deep dive into the state of the hobby, share some hot takes, hopefully some useful advice and fun stories along the way. Hey guys, welcome to Cards to the Moon. This is episode 97. My name is Clark from Five Card Guys on Instagram and 5cardguys.com. And with me, as usual, is Hyung of Integrity Sports Cards and John, who is Trade You at Recess. Okay, so off the top, I know the sale happened a week ago, but I wanted to quickly discuss the $3.12 million sale of the Luka Doncic National Treasures logo man. Which includes the buyer premium. So it's 2.6 plus the buyer's premium. John, congratulations. You guessed 3.1 million when we recorded our episode with Will a couple of weeks ago. So congrats. Yeah, maybe. Where's my prize? But <laughs> it'll, it'll come later. <laughs> Will's got something for you. Okay. <laughs> um, well, now the sale in terms of the hobby puts Luca in the same category essentially as Michael Jordan rookie cards and LeBron James rookie cards. So just wanted to ask you guys what you think of that. You know, is it a little too confident by the buyer thinking Luca will be that multi-championship caliber player like MJ and LeBron? Or yes, Luca is the man and definitely commands these kind of dollars in today's hobby. What do you think?
1: This one's... Uh... This one's a little tough uh, because I think it could be too high, but it could also be a steal. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. We could look like idiots in two years, or we could look like geniuses in two years, right? 50-50 uh, chance. I, I will say this is the um, it was a record for public auction. Right. So this card actually sold for more a year or two two years ago in in uh, private sale for yep. over 4 4 million something
0: 4.6 yeah
1: so it's 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 on a retraction of whatever that is right like 30% or whatever um so i think i think it could have been a good buy but cuz then you know they they end up selling it if luca ends up becoming you know the player that everybody thinks that he can be where what's the next price point right so um, I mean, it's a it's a big gamble, the bottom line, because um, but at the same time, uh, you look at like Jordan, if Jordan had like a national treasures, one of one logo men, what would that go for? The problem is he you don't have the rarity that is created artificially with cards in nowadays. So um, I think it, it could kind of misrepresent kind of like the pricing because MJ should be worth more obviously uh but he, he might not have the card to kind of like push that agenda right? right so um yeah i i think obviously it's a it's a strong sale um and it's a very good sign in the hobby where or in a market that's kind of on a bearish run so yeah. i'm happy with the sale as a as a hobbyist i think somebody again overpaid but in a couple years if or let's just say that card never surfaces again and in five ten years we're going to be talking about this on episode 2956 <laughs> that yeah. this we're what gonna steal yeah what yeah. a steal so it's <laughs> one of those for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah,
0: good point right johnny um
2: i don't know yeah i don't know what to think i think i you know if you if you're playing in that space and you're spending that kind of money um i would i would bet money on comments and people who are talking they're gonna say oh look at this idiot he spent way too much money luca's not even proven i get that he's like sexy and he's like super st- on his way to superstar him. But he hasn't won anything yet. He hasn't proven how could you spend this money. I'd rather spend it on LeBron. I get all that. But if you're in that space and you're ready to spend three, five, ten million dollars on a card, like on a Grail card, something that nobody else would have, right? You're gonna go. You're gonna chase like a Mickey Mantle, or I guess you're gonna chase a LeBron uh, exquisite. If I if you're in that space and you maybe three three million is a is a drop in the bucket. I don't. You know, as much as this might be an expensive sale and the, the guy might have gone a little bit crazy, if I was sitting in that, that person's shoes, I'd probably do it too because you know, I love Luca. <laughs> I wanna be staring at the card that I wanna stare at and I wanna enjoy. Collect what you love, and he probably like Luca's my favorite player to watch right now, and this is what I want. And it's a grail of a guy that looks to me, even in for my opinion, like he he seems generational all the way. And I think most of the market would agree that Luca is generational. Not only that, he's he's likable, and he's popular, and he's marketable. Like, he's got all of the above. And, you know, he hasn't won anything yet. I get it. He hasn't won championship. He hasn't won MVPs. But I we all think that he's on his way. And I think the marketing is there enough for Luca right now. I don't know if in the future, but I don't think it's that bad, man. I, I really don't. As crazy as that okay. sounds.
0: I think like one one commenter wrote there's like three championships baked into that price. Right? <laughs> for, <laughs> so yeah. He's, gotta, he's yeah. gotta win. Yeah. He's gotta but, win.
2: I probably agree with that, yeah.
0: He's gotta win. But one thing I will say is that I think Luca is kind of the face of the modern hobby for basketball particularly, but I think that might be a factor where if uh, Luca does win those championships, and then you know everyone in the hobby knows who Luca is, I think that could push prices really to ridiculous levels. I'm right. saying that compared to like Giannis, right? He's a uh, he's already won MVP back to back, I don't know if it's back to back, but he's won twice, right? Yeah. Um. And uh, but the thing is, like, he's not a huge hobby chase guy. Do you know what I mean? Right. I might be wrong. Like his cards are certainly not cheap, but. Man, if it's a Giannis logo man versus a Luca Logoman, Luca logo man will outsell Giannis every day for sure. It's right? crazy so, for sure. Yeah. So I think I think uh, the fact that Luca is popular both in the NBA as well as the hobby was it works in his favor in terms of future card value. Mm-hmm. Just my thought. Until he does a movie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Space Jam but, Three. <laughs> just, yeah, just stay stay hey, out look, the acting. Look, LeBron's card is still worth something, right? I so. don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Luca's gonna have to win um I think it's that's the perfect thing it, yeah. it's like it's baked, three championships are baked, and that's the X ex- yeah. we expect that, and yeah. if he succeeds in that, then three million dollars is a steal, right yeah, exactly
0: yeah and you know what to his credit, he's playing lights out this season, right so. Right. We'll see. We'll so see PSA ten do. prisms, hold. <laughs> Man, it just that card just keeps fluctuating up and down. But but I am holding. I got one. <laughs> All right, let's move on to hobby headlines. So for today, I thought we could discuss the topic of grading again. More specifically, I wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of new grading companies coming into the hobby, namely Tag. They set up a booth at the recent Sports Card Expo here in Toronto and I was pretty impressed. I think, Johnny, you are pretty impressed as well. And um, and also Arena Club, who I did an interview with in a recent podcast episode. I want to ask, what do you think grading companies in general need to do to get a sizable market share and compete with the big three right now, which is PSA, Beckett, and SGC, I would include. I'll throw CSG in there as well, top four. But first, do you guys have any initial thoughts on tag or arena club slabs or as a grading
1: company? I, I personally, yeah, I, I think it's like they're they're an upcoming company that presents really well. I think they've had nothing but positive reviews, and this is where I believe like any company could kinda hop into this space right now because we are In a recession, we're entering a recession. It's not going to stop. So this is where new companies form, companies that like to innovate, companies that like to better the market, and that's what we're seeing, right? So I know everybody says PSA is king, PSA is king, and they have a lot of like vintage. But in pre '90s, PSA didn't exist, right? So I'm 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 saying that you know PSA has to also keep up. You know, you look at the blockbusters, you know, what Netflix did to blockbuster. If you don't want to adapt when there's big recessions because these are paradigm shifts in society, right? So for me, a company like TAG who's really upping the game in terms of the digital technology, like we said, it can't be subjective the way grading is. That has to be uh, like those issues have to be faced and resolved. Uh, it's going to make the industry better. It's going to make more sense in the long run. And that's where our society is going, whether you like it or not. So I think there's a great opportunity for these grading companies. And you're kind of seeing it where, you know, even SGC is kind of taking over BGS in terms of an SGC-10, that's, that's a certain card, versus a BGS-95. Um, you know, it's gaining ground and outselling them even in, in, in most instances. So you're seeing a big shift in that because people will eventually realize true value and they would put their money long term where it makes the most sense. So if you're seeing, let's just say, a tag card that's undervalued, but you know in the long run it's properly graded and it's a for sure 10, eventually those markets will correct itself, whether it takes 5, 10, 15 years, and obviously dependent on those companies that end up kind of like forming uh from it like tag. Um so I think there's right now is that opportunity. As we head into this recession, you're you're basically shaking off all the people that aren't in it for the right reasons, right? And that's what you're going to see even the the hiccups with PSA, you know, all all those things with subjective grading, all those things are going to, you know, um expose them to basically these companies that are doing it for the right reasons. Yes, mm. they're not gonna win the market share right away, in my opinion. It's gonna take a lot of time. And we've seen that, you know, throughout the last couple of years. PSA was totally king, but now it's like SGC didn't even exist really, you know, two years ago pre pandemic in terms of being in the game, right? But as these companies get better at what they do. Make it more available where you're giving value because essentially you're in business because you're providing those solutions to the problems, right? And if you're not right. focused on that in the long run, right, you're going to end up getting caught with your pants down, which you, you look at like the blockbusters, you look at all these uh, uh, companies that didn't want to adapt to kind of like the new norms, right? Yeah. So
0: yeah, makes sense.
1: Right. Any,
2: any initial thoughts, John? Um, I don't on a reading club in specific because I haven't seen the slab yet. Uh, I haven't really looked it up. Um, I did listen to to our podcast that you had interviewed the um, uh, I forgot what position yeah. we was in the vice president or whatever. Um, Business which, development yeah, because, yeah um, which sounded really interesting. Tag on the other hand, we got to see the booth. Uh, I didn't get to actually hold the slab in hand, but man, it, it looks sharp. like they look great. Mm-hmm. Um, very intriguing. And I think these companies, especially with tag, uh, they seem to have done a, a really good job of capturing getting the, getting that competitive advantage by capturing some of the gaps that these existing companies have, right? Uh, we can talk about, you know, like basically what the hobbies kind of complained about, right? Like I don't I don't like looking at nine five, even though you consider it a gem. I want I want people <laughs> yeah. to write tens. Um, I don't like that the Beckett holders are have like sharp corners. I want kind of like rounded, nice corners. Maybe I don't really like it that PSA's slab is a little bit light, you know, so you kind of make a more thicker, more solid feeling slab. Um, I don't like the fact that PSA doesn't reveal like how they graded. So you create a grading um, scheme or you create a grading report specifically on that card, um, all of that stuff. So like I think those all those gaps that these existing companies have, Um, these up-and-coming companies have to that's number one you got to find a competitive advantage somehow for your product so Mm -hmm. i feel like tag tag has really done a good job of like capturing some of the really big pain points especially the accountability part where like how did you come up with this great please tell me where you saw what um and apparently like hyung you met like i didn't get a chance to look at it but hyung you said the the reports for tag like they're individual reports really, per car like really sharp like really yeah, well yeah really um, well done yeah love seeing that stuff like i think that's gonna really mm-hmm. bolt like hold well for tag and their 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 start uh within the space for the existing companies like beckett as you see it's it's a little bit tougher i think csg did a pretty good job of coming, making a big of a bit of a comeback with like the um
0: new labels the new
2: label thank you uh, and then apparently also their slabs are like the sharpest on the market they come out crystal clear like no smudging no scratches uh, i heard they're beautiful so in a way she captured some of that you know favoritism within the market but it's gonna be tough man for the, the existing companies really they're kind of in a space where they can't kind of necessarily innovate because you can't grandfather your existing into the new innovation unless you want to just recall all of the slabs so they're in a tough position where they're kind of just duking it out between pricing and quick delivery and stuff like that so i i think co- companies like arena club tag um being being able to start fresh and being able to address some of these bigger concerns that the hobby has had i think they're in a, in a really good position to make some noise
0: yeah yeah it's funny all those complaints you just mentioned about like where tag is taking advantage of them they, they all sound like John's com- past complaints you know? <laughs> <Really>? for sure <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all coming from it's very personal it sounded like yeah. but, uh, <laughs> those nine fives holy smokes, yeah. like, I don't know how many oh times you know I what even
2: time. like um is does tags label it's is it laser etched it is right yeah you I think, think so. so yeah like even yeah, that's a big just, one man because I know I know like Remember my Chris Paul SUC, like the label would slip and fall into the card. I know that that's been an issue with (laughs) Beckett. The perforated edges makes it look like this cheap paper cutout. Like all of that stuff. I think they listen to all of the hobby. Yeah, yeah.
0: Good job. Even the case itself or the slab itself, I think Brian Dennison, who we interviewed on this podcast, he tried to crack one out of the tag slab. Mm, Right. And... It just like crack right down the middle. Like it's yeah. not built the same way as right. PSC or back. Or you can easily slabs. kind of
2: manipulate it, and
0: right. Like you, should, you. I mean, Hyung's a, a, cracking
1: king, right? So like you know, when he, you know just you have cut to the wear corners. goggles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: When I crack it, it's we're we're we're, we're in operation. We're in surgery. <laughs> so apparently the tag slabs are
0: built a little differently. So you gotta be a little careful with that but before i get into what i think like do you think there's any lessons that could be learned from you know grading companies like hga
1: remember those guys um they didn't fare so well um, yeah I even mean, yeah they, they they still i guess have their clientele and fan base so i guess um i don't think they're going to be a huge player in the game but like you look at all these companies hga um fcg they're all trying to do something that makes them stand out you know and i think that's that's what's making these new companies come up because they take implementing things that are needed in in the hobby and this is what we discussed earlier in 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 the podcast like earlier episodes that you know these companies are going to end up you know pushing uh for the better kind of like technology to better the hobby right so i i i like it and I didn't speak on Arena Club, and I wasn't a like an original like I guess huge fan of a region, Arena Club where I'm kind of on it. Um, but I see the potential. I see you know the space of what they're trying to do. I guess PSA is doing the same thing um, in terms of having a whole in-house service. You could vault your card, you could grade your card there, you could send your uh, raw cards and they'll take care of the rest. You could manage your portfolio, you create your store, it's a marketplace. So they're trying to um, implement that. And like I said, it goes back to how these companies are trying to better the hobby by solving these solutions uh, or solving these problems and coming up with easy logical solutions uh, that the user can basically use through their phone, right through technology, essentially. So, yeah. yeah, I think it's it's all great though. Like I'm, like I said, I'm all for it. I'm all for these companies, you know, trying to make make it better because this is how we evolve and grow um, as a as a whole hobby. So, do you guys know if PSA
0: always had a stranglehold on the hobby? That that wasn't always the case, right?
1: Like, no. This no, remember it yeah, was the pre nineties. Yeah, pre-90s, uh, you know, Beckett and SGC, SGC was the king of vintage. SGC, right. Vintage. Right? So yeah. it, it's it's a, it's kind of coming back around. PSA is relatively new to the hobby, right? And those PSA old slabs were hideous too to begin with. So, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? All the way up till 2019, I guess, um, yeah. whenever they came up with the new slabs. But yeah, PSA is a relatively new company. That's what people forget.
0: And how did they get the market share that they have now?
1: I b- I believe the mantles, the mantles. I I want to say the mantles helped them a lot, or just uh, getting into that game because, and then there's a whole different story. It's a rabbit hole. I don't know if you guys want to go down that rabbit hole with trimmed cards and what oh, okay. you know all that. Right, yeah, which right. is just a headache, right? The Derek um, Jeter, upper deck. Yeah, so that's where PSA was also you know popular and and stuff yeah, so right I'm not saying good or bad just throwing it out there it's right yeah
2: well going back to your original question uh clark about learning lessons for some of these companies that mm-hmm. quote unquote might have failed like H- hga um i think if you're a new company coming in you just you certainly the big advantage these, these existing companies have is obviously manpower at this point right so you, you, I think you have to quickly be able to, and it's no easy task, but be able to handle vo- ex- expectations and volume. I think that's a big one that really kills, I mean, it even killed PSA, but it certainly killed some of the smaller brands. And then this is where the big advantage comes for the existing companies is authentication. So like the head graders at these companies mm. have been in this for a long time. Um, looking at authenticating autographs looking at the history behind certain cards and how you authenticate if they're real or not some vintage cards etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, some of these new companies might have pretty good experienced graders but may not be experienced overall in the hobby and know some certain nuances so I think they have to be really careful and they have been I think some of these companies say right off the bat like you know, we only grade modern because that's that's what we know. We unfortunately don't know vintage. We're not going to go down a space we don't know. So I think that's that's the right steps to take because clearly uh, some companies, um, they didn't take that into account and just kind of took on everything. And look what happened with uh, especially like HGA. They got burned by, by grading fake cards. And that was almost like a nail in the coffin for them, right? So
0: yeah that's a really good point I put that as a point for myself as well like you know maybe certain grading companies are better suited for um, niche cards or like a certain subset of cards you know so I, I think that's not a bad play like trying to grade everything at the same time and like you were saying to your point John you know you authenticate a fake card that's gonna be a huge blow for your grading company right and yeah, and I, the reason why I brought up the point about whether PSA was always king, like, for people new to the hobby, they just assume that PSA has always been number one. Right. But, you know, BGS, like, I grew up with BGS mostly as the predominant, you know, slab, right? Right. predominant right. grading company that I chased after. Right. And then it took me a while for me to get used to PSA, and I think, reason why, honestly, I still like BGS slabs, the look of it better, but reason why i like psa 10s is just the value that it commands the right. premium of psa 10s i wonder if that's something that grading companies have to try to figure out too like how do they get you know their slabs worth equal to or close to equal to like the psa 10s or the s you know the beckett 9.5 you know what i mean like the the big three right
1: because how do they get that just brand image e- up yeah, yeah I, like, I think that's yeah. going to happen over years of yeah. like true value correcting itself. So it's like when people realize, wait a minute, like there's so many PSA 10s out out here or something like that. And then they're like, why is SGC selling for half, you know, PSA 10? Those ebbs and flows are going to kind of go and then we're going to go through those cycles of, Correction just like we're seeing correction right now with everything kind of like correcting to where it is It's like in the long run over year after year after year People are gonna realize wait a minute. Is there true value for PSA's, especially bulk submission for instance? Um, Is that gonna eventually kill be their demise? Whereas it might not be worth grading some cards and that might be fact right and we keep it at a higher price point point where it doesn't devalue the brand in the long run, right? So yeah, the I, I think um, yeah, eventually I think it's going to catch up because people will see through true value. Right? Yeah. We're all a value shoppers too. If if we see a deal on like you know, a BGS 95 True Gem and it's going for like 30% of a PSA 10, right? And you know, it's a no-brainer. You know, you know what you're getting. Right, you could deal with. I'd take you know thirty percent comps off off that or whatever. Uh, what I think is equal, they're same card, right? If not, maybe better. Right. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: Do you, do you guys think so? That's a good. That's a great point. Like in in studying uh, brand image and brand power. Obviously, PSA's brand power has. It took a while. Like you don't just get that overnight. But when I study somebody like SGC, they were always known and they had a brand image of being the king of vintage. But right. they, to me, they chased the money, which I don't blame them. They they killed it. Like this last 18 months, they just, I'm sure their, their numbers and their financials just skyrocketed, right? So good for them. Kudos, they made the money. Mm-hmm. But their brand image now to me like, do you guys call still call SGC king of vintage? I don't. Right? Like, they're, they're, I brand, would respect
1: it. I would right, respect but you, it. But you still, you yeah. probably
2: wouldn't submit like your awesome vintage cards with SGC because they're the king of, like that. I think that image is out the window. I feel like their image is now discount brand speedy service. I think that's more of the right. yeah, in line with the image. But what do you so, think
1: drives prices originally? For what the card like audio, yeah, thing? like why why would SGC sell or why would PSA? How did PSA get the market share?
0: Right, it had what to. Do you I think? mean, to me,
2: it all starts with how good they are at grading or perceived at how good they are at grading. I'm sure that was sort of the baseline in the original
1: sense, right? Um, and but once ba- the marketing took over. Because obviously PSA, if that's not the same sentence as right now, because we could say TAG or FCG grades better than PSA, but they don't have close enough market share or price points. Right. So like that can't be the driving factor. Who's the best? I think that was. It was. That's how
2: it starts. Yeah. yeah. Right.
1: But now, it's it's there's layers and layers and layers
2: of competitive sure. competitiveness with these within these products, right, and brands. So it takes a lot more for your brand to build a, a certain image or a certain you know you know like a well yeah image uh, basically an image within the within the hobby right but I as you see' a very for me it's a very interesting study because I really think they potentially might have devalued their brand you know mm, interesting they, they yeah. they're, they're sitting there with wads of cash and probably laughing at me which is fine. But I think their brand image might have taken a different turn. Maybe it's a good thing for them. Maybe it's not. Like I don't know. But I wouldn't you know what, necessarily I'll, call them like King
0: of Vintage anymore, right? I'll agree with you, John. Like when I look for cards to post on you know my daily auctions page, uh, the highest value ones are always PSA and BGS second, and then you know I'll type in SGC. The most expensive cards on auction that day, like sometimes they will hit a thousand. Do you know what I mean like it's it's not there yet like not a lot of collectors that have high value raw cards right. are submitting to SGC right now so right.
1: so that, that that was my point what what what's that difference between why does PSA and BGS have that in my opinion it is this it's it's those record sales right right, right. it goes back to the market percent right? that's So marketing. it's like but that's where that's where SGC will hold strong because of like for instance the mantle. That 9.5 mantle that sold for $12.1 million. Oh, that's At the end of the day, it's a Yeah, that's slab. a huge sale for the, them. That a big the win. Moment, that's the big moment tag, win. tag sells a $10 million card, right? That's when we're talking, I guess, in terms of marketing share. That's going to drive basically value. And I believe that's what every grading company kind of did early on when they did start. And I see, seen it with FCG, for instance, they got the Bobby Witt, you know, orange, uh, refractor in a FCG slab. Because when hopefully that Bobby Witt Jr. sells for a record breaking price, it becomes a marketing, you know, big marketing, uh, for FCG and proven that they're selling at premiums. So I think that's where PSA. Like rode the Wave was with the Charizard, Hollows, like the Pokemon, that's all you've seen. And it was just constant record-breaking sale, PSA 10 this, PSA 10 that. You know, what's the standard PSA 10 value? Because they see those selling all the time, right? So I think uh, it stems from uh, sales, especially record-breaking sales, right? And we don't see as many SGC record-breaking sales as we do PSA or even BGS, right? So. right. And, and
2: let's not forget, I think I probably mentioned this before, I'll bet you anything the fact that PSA decided to use the number 10 as their gem had something to do with eventually <laughs> starting to, right? Because SEC had 9.8, 98, and then BGS right? has 9.5, right? And PSA was like one of the first major brands that go with a solid 10, right? I think that probably in terms of marketing and image and fickleness within the hobby collectors i'm sure it had something to do with them starting to climb
0: ahead yep johnny's mentioned that many times before on this podcast <laughs> we know he's passionate about the 10s tens the tens, just don't
2: do the nine fives that's a big <laughs> mistake to me
0: is there do you think do you believe in the um conspiracy that psa 10s you know how we joke with that you could get a PSA 10 or it could be a PSA 8 or 7. But I think that's why some collectors like submitting to PSA because, hey, you never know, it'll be, it might be a 10, which will prop its value. Whereas this new technology, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous that it's going to be really hard to get 10s with tag and all these you know, AI algorithmic grading services. Like, There's got to be a range. I don't think that's being... Um, I think there needs to be more education on that like what gives TAG or Arena Club even or FCG, all the ones that use um, computers to help grade, like what will give it a 10 like does it have to be perfect because the perception right now with PSA 10 is just human graders and you could find one that had a really good day today and then he's just giving 10s out left, right and center Right. you know, so I don't know Am I overthinking it? Do you think I'm overthinking this?
1: No, I think there is, I there think there's a
0: fear to that yeah. for sure. Yeah,
1: but I think though that's the correction that I'm talking about. Like these are the things during a any paradigm shift of any industry, we go into a new, totally new, you know, industry where the hobby's going. I think these are things that eventually will catch up to PSA.
0: Hmm.
1: We're just we're just not we're just in it right now until we see it and zoom out. That's when I think we're gonna eventually see the correction coming, and true value of other companies will show, and right. it will take us into kind of like the new hobby. Yeah, or or PSA's got to adapt and,
0: and right. yeah, start being more transparent. That's the right. other option for them.
1: So we'll see.
0: Uh, this is probably gonna be it. A-
1: Go ahead. I got a bunch of PSA tens. Remember we talked about that. I'm very happy about so. <laughs> He's back Keep on. those tents. He's back on. <laughs> Keep those tens coming.
0: And this Fured is why out. this is why new grading companies are just almost impossible to get a <laughs> foothold. PSA is like, guys, we're losing market share. Pump out those tens. Just pump yeah. them out right now.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Beckett's like, you know what? We can't be so stingy on these BGS tens. Let's let's start pumping those out too. <laughs> Yeah, it's you know what
2: it's a funny balance. I think people want true proper grading, so I'm sure AI is going to solidify that. But at the same time, they want people want fair grading. They don't want like I don't want a PSA eight because like the card looks perfect, perfectly centered. No whitening corners, edges look great, but it's a PSA 8. Why? Because there's like four microscopic scratches that you <laughs> can't see with the naked eye. Like people, that's not a fair grade to like a, an average person because the card looks perfect, right? So I think that the algorithm, kind of like what PSA does, like 60 40 centering and all that stuff, like the algorithm has to be pretty fair for some of these newer companies that are using these computer software programs. Um, I think yeah. if it's fair, that's gonna be that's gonna be well received rather than being like super sharp and 100 percent accurate um, and it only grades a 10 if it's like absolutely insanely perfect. Like I don't think that's what people are looking for. so yeah, there's gonna be a little bit of a fine balance to play there.
0: Yeah, totally agree with that. Hopefully someone from Tag or arena club or or uh, those New York grading companies are listening and uh, implement those uh, implement that into their strategy moving forward. Uh, Okay, well we know it's going to be a super competitive space And it'll be interesting to see how things shake out We'll revisit this in a future episode Alright, let's move on to our next segment We're calling Overrated, Underrated And for this particular segment It'll be a hobby tech theme So I'll list a few things And you guys tell me if you think it's overrated or underrated All kind of related within hobby tech Okay, so the first one Card ladder, very popular app, um, website service.
1: Overrated or underrated? I'm gonna say underrated. I love I love Card Ladder. It's 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 such a great app. I just wish, um, you know, they had more data. Where it's it's very selective. They don't have data on everything, but this is what I'm talking about. That you use. You know, technology to be able to um, pull up data so that you could work quicker. You could do other things quicker. You know, it better's whatever problem you're you're dealing with. It basically provides that solution. I I don't think it's perfect. I don't like. I like that it's there's a free trial, but I don't like that you have to. It's a paid service either, right? I think I think there's other ways to monetize it where they could let that whole, you know, card ladder for free and monetize it in different ways, whether it's add-ons or whatnot or what, whatever it may be. But I think I, I really like the app and I'm all for kind of like something like Card Ladder to pull up uh, fast data when you need it. So yeah. underrated.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna say the same. If you're not using Card, card Ladder, uh, it's, a, it's a, a really great, great tool, It again, like Hyung said it's not perfect. Uh, they're missing a lot of big cards, like especially if you're like a hockey fan, I don't think that Card Ladder has much in hockey. So that's probably a bit of a pet peeve in in user experience. But that's also goes back to competitiveness, right? Like if Card Ladder doesn't quickly figure out how to continually upload this, like a that amount of data onto their system, like I I'm sure somebody else We'll figure it out. But CardLadder certainly has a leg up because they've kind of become the brand in this space of like looking up card values. Um, Clearly their app is probably number one by far and away. So they have a a big leg up, but I think they got to continue to keep up uh, with the demand and the data that's in there and the number of cards and the different type of cards. I think they got to continue to figure out how to get that on there.
0: Yep, I'm gonna make it a car ladder sweep. I'm a subscriber, and you know it's. I've used Market Movers by Sports Car Investor, and Car Ladder is definitely still the best in market. And like you guys say, there's some some improvements that need to be made, but I think they're definitely way ahead of the game in terms of the competitors in the same space. So Car Ladder, very underrated, uh, easy tool to use. Maybe the app needs to be a little bit better, um, on like the phone. But on the website, on my laptop, I prefer to use it there. Um, definitely more visual and, and easier to use. So, um, so yeah, that's Car Ladder. Second one, uh, I wrote down a Digital Card Showcase. And that's from the Arena Club interview that I had. And I thought it was fairly unique what they're trying to do, which is if you use their vaulting service, you could also display the cards that you have on their display showcase, which is digital. So it's kind of like your own homepage, and you could categorize them however way you want. Like, this is my PC, these are my Grail cards, these are my high-end cards, low-end cards. And then it's just there for anyone to just kind of look online, and then they could easily buy it if they want to or trade with you, that kind of thing. But this whole idea of a digital card showcase with cards that you own in their vault.
1: Underrated. I think uh, there's this is the innovation that we're talking about that is needed. Like I said, it's probably not gonna be perfect and the true hobbyist probably will not agree, but this is where the hobby's going and it's gonna it's gonna all go digital one day, but there's gonna obviously be physical um, you know attachments to it where you know what, I could not worry about it. it could be vaulted, I don't have to ever worry about it, but I could still enjoy my cards for instance, and I could move my cards, they're liquid, you know, it's all, you know, in one hub, basically. So I think they're on to something, I really do. But I obviously think the hobby hasn't caught up yet in terms of the whole digital side of things. Mm. So I think it's just a matter of time. But these are the those tiptoes that get you kind of further and further along the line of innovation and development of, of markets. Yeah, I I can't necessarily say it's overrated because there's
2: nothing to overrate right now, so it's gonna by default go underrated. But I think the technology for me, the digital, like the the simple concept of showing off your cards, it's not to be honest, it's not that intriguing to me. But when I listened to that interview, for me, the 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 trading concept, being able to trade uh, with no fees. That is, to me, I'm like, oh, that sounds really interesting in terms of vaulting and showcasing. So I think for the showcase part, I think the trading element is going to be really big. Like it could be a, a, a big potential leg up for Arena Club. And it also, more than just, you know, like let's say Hyung has his showcase online and I get to like click on it, click on his profile and view it. I don't think that's really a big thing. But in the future, if there's online card shows, and you can just one click away, feature a table, and it's almost like you're you're virtually walking through a, a show and I can click on Young's um, featured table at, at the show and, and look to buy or trade off of his table. I think that concept in the future could be excellent. But the the simple just showcasing your cards, I think it's yeah, it's okay, but the, the trading element and future like digital card shows, um and, and using that showcasing um, technology, I think I think that could be a big winner.
0: Yeah, and I th- I like that point because the whole when I was talking to Warren um, from Arena Club, I think he was mentioning that point where the digital show card showcase and the whole idea of making it sound like a, um, a card show it works hand in hand. Right. You know, so like it's like you're you're able to trade, you're able to buy, you're able to sell. To um, people that use that platform, right? So, so he did
2: mention that. Maybe I listened to it and subconsciously just repeated it. <laughs> <laughs> You're a genius, John. Yeah. You should work for Arena Club.
0: <laughs> no, I thought I thought it was a great idea, and and I love the yeah, you know zero dollar trading fees as well. You brought that up too. Yeah, that's but, great. But um, but yeah, I think you know not, it's not going to be for everyone. You know, some people want to hold their slabs, but I think if they made it easier for you to like send it to yourself whenever you want and then you can send it back you know if they made that process a little bit more seamless I think there'll be more adoption for this for something like this uh, just my point of view all right next thing center stage it's an app I'm not sure if you guys heard of it but what it does is just say you go to a live card show you can bring up this app and
1: then it scans the card and then it gives you the details of the card I'm gonna say underrated too um I'm bullish on technology so anything that helps the end user you know with with data or speed of any problem again it's same thing this this is what we talk about all the time so I gotta say underrated this is expected and I expect better um, apps to come out where you know it's gonna improve the hobby and so I say it's underrated as well I think I haven't used it personally but I see where they're going and I know that you know, I, I remember somebody using it, and it 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 brought up the info pretty quick, which a lot of people, especially if they're new into the hobby, they they struggle with. Um, but yeah, I think it's 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 only good for for the hobby for sure.
0: Right. Okay,
2: doesn't uh, Sports Card Investor kind of mimic this technology as well? I think their app had some sort of feature like Center Stage. I think so, maybe yeah. There's a, I, I've never used it myself, but I'm going to say underrated too. I, I, I'm with young in all of these showcases of any of these technologies. I think it just continues to make the hobby easier and accessible uh, and better and quicker and more efficient. Um, I'm all for it. Does, it. does it... What kind of details does it pop up? Like a, like a pop report or something like that?
0: I think so, but I'm not, not 100% sure. Right. Yeah.
2: I think in the future, and I don't know if they've already done this, um but if it can start to gather all of the information that's out there you know how like psa on certain slabs if they'll record how many times like the psa tens have sold like here's a listing of all the psa tens of certain cards i think if they take that information they take like 130 point information because you know as ebay sales expire you lose all of that information right so I think if something like Center Stage were to come out and you could find it'd be amazing for the card to pop up and they say even that serial is in specific and the history of that serial number, like how many times this card has traded, when it's sold, and like that card specifically, when it's sold, on what days, and its history since it got slabbed. I think something like that, if somebody can figure that out, would be fantastic.
1: Great idea. I think Johnny, you should be on it. I think this will make you. <laughs> he's part of the RD. Yeah. <laughs> do, hey, a suggestion while you're there and asking for the research and development tell them to do a raw card review too <laughs> give me the pre-PSA 10s yeah, yeah you what know, the cameras these days
0: yeah it's yeah, possible absolutely sure. why not <laughs> yeah I, I, I think it's underrated I like the whole concept of it the only problem is we all know live card shows poor Wi-Fi. poor cell reception <laughs> so I don't know how well something like this works at all times but I know that was one of the complaints with just apps in general I guess so alright lastly uh, what not live streaming you know this is becoming a bigger thing especially with whatnot capturing this market but there's a lot of other tech um, apps that are trying to get into this live streaming breaking space right. do you think this is going to be a
1: bigger thing Um, sorry is this underrated or overrated or is it yeah, underrated, overrated. Okay, this one, I can't speak a lot for whatnot. I know they they've reached out to me personally as well. Just wanted to sell sell me on it, but like I don't know how much I I'm bullish on like that side of things. But it goes, it's kind of like the same thing where yeah, I'll I'll see the potential and it's gonna better the hobby for it, but longevity in terms of. Is breaking the way we're doing it right now gonna be the way we do it in the future? I don't know. So that could totally change right. a lot of things too, right? So if that's their basic, you know, business strategy or uh, the reason why they exist, I'm not as bullish as like let's just say uh, collecting data, for instance, uh, a company that collects data uh, and then just spits it out, as opposed to something that's for breaking. It's like well if breaking changes the way we do breaking will that affect whatnot I'm sure they would have to pivot then right so but again it's it's these are new companies that are kind of like testing the waters to see if you know um, there's there's a marketplace for it and right now there is so but I'm gonna say um, overrated
0: how about if it wasn't just for breaking but like you could sell you know how some of the some of the collectors out there use Whatnot right. to sell their product. All right. Does, right. Sorry, they before, do. before you yeah.
2: get to that, how, how does new question? Because I don't, obviously don't use Whatnot, nor yeah. have I watched any of the influencers, anybody even like been a part of breaks or anything like that. So, how does Whatnot work exactly? Do you guys know?
0: I think basically you schedule a time and you kind of promote that. Like at three o'clock, I'm going to be doing a huge sale of my cards. Right. And then and it's kind of like an Instagram line. They go or into whatever. your channel. Exactly, right? right? And then and then um, WhatNot helps you sell the card on the back end. Like anyone that clicks on it, they could pay through, I believe, through the WhatNot app. So all the financial stuff is done within the app as well. And then right. all you got to do is kind of like submit it and, and ship it out afterwards. But to keep all that selling data on the app for you. Gotcha.
2: So it's kind of like marrying PayPal and IG in, in like a one one-stop shop.
0: Kind of, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Okay. Um I'm I'm good. I'm going I'm to say underrated. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's simply for the fact that it's, it's again it's kind of like a new technology. Um there's nothing to really overrate. So I I'll, I'll say underrated. Um it it's you know what not has been criticized maybe c- completely unfairly because of the way that some of the marketing has been going out and there's a lot of haters talking about, Oh, they're just like throwing money here and there. And these influencers are all fake. Like there's, there's a lot of like seemingly there's a lot of hate out there and and whatnot is receiving a lot of that hate for probably no good reason. Um, But I'll I'll say underrated again, kind of going back to all this like tech talk. Like I think, I think as, as these companies figure out innovative ways to reach hobbyists, consumers, and make it more efficient and make it easier to access. I think I think I'm all for that stuff.
0: Yeah. I see the potential of whatnot. I think though it's slightly overrated right now because if you're not an influencer or if you don't have a huge following, you could you could get burned on some of these sales. Like you know, I think it's 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 binding or something like that. If you it's kinda of like eBay. Like if you post it and someone buys it, then then you gotta sell it and and I might be wrong, but like, I think it, even if I'm not like, you'll have a hard time selling your cards if you're not a huge influencer. Do you know what I mean? Um, you know, you need someone to tune into your channel and, and I think, um, you know, what trying to get that market share, like more people on it, more, more eyeballs. And I think it's a work in progress. I think they're, you know, heading in the right direction, but right now as it is, um, yeah, it's, 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 I believe more useful for Influencers or for collectors that have bigger followings. Yeah, I think generally speaking, though, all three of us are really bullish on the different hobby tech that's available now and that's being worked on. And and uh, you know, generally speaking, I think you guys will agree that it can only help the hobby, you know, get better for collectors in terms of collecting and buying and selling. So yeah, we'll we'll keep a eye on the different hobby tech that's down the that's in the pipeline too. Okay. With that, let's end this episode with our regular weekly feature we call Pick One. And we're going to do this Pick One a little differently because if you remember, I believe last Friday episode, we had a question from one of our loyal podcast listeners, Sleepy in Seattle. He also asked another question which we thought we would handle here in this Pick One section. And he asked about the J-Rod card. Okay, And he mm-hmm. wanted to know which Julio Rodriguez card is is the best, or I don't know. What, what do we do, what do we say in pick one? Which one would we would rather invest in, right? So, mm-hmm. so there's a lot, and he only gave us three, but I might throw one or two more in there just to make it, you know, just to make it more interesting. But the three that he gave us was his 2022 Top series two, which is an SP, and I believe that's the horizontal one paper, right? Uh, the 2022 tops chrome logo fractor. Right? and then and then the 2022 tops Chrome SP from the silver pack and Hyung, I believe you said also the light box right. as well and um, that's also an SP right so uh, out of those three let's start with those three
1: I think I think for me um, it has to be between the the refractor SP and the the logofractor. Um, They're similar images, but something with J-Rod that like I know there's a lot of variations Talk about a lot of variations of J-Rod rookie cards, but in Chrome there's really none You know this technically you in Topps chrome release you had a horizontal auto That was the only J-Rod card available then the whole debacle of there's no SPs in, in the hobby boxes so they started putting them in the the silver packs in the hobby light boxes and um, right now there's a there's a pop count of I, I believe uh, I want to say thirteen of the, of the refractors uh, on, of a PSA ten. Okay. Um, and then the logo Fractor has a PSA ten pop of I believe five. So we're talking. I, I think they're a lot more SP than people realize, and the prices dictate. I believe uh, the logo Fractor PSA ten sold for seventeen hundred. Uh, which is pretty low compared to, I guess, the shield bids of the Logo Fractors that were starting when they they went on release. But something like the Series 2 SP, where it, there's a pop count of about 500, bucks, 500 of them, and they sell for about 500 bucks, I think the better value is in, in right now, the, the Logo Fractor, to be honest. Um, and I know a lot of hobbyists didn't like the release of Logo Fractors. Uh, they, they thought it was a, another gimmick, um, but to me, I think that the cards look amazing. Um, it's a super low print run. So it's like a mega box release where I believe they, they calculated 55,000 boxes total, right? And that's where we've seen the, the, the crazy, you know, resale value of up to 150 bucks um, after, after the fact. And still you look at eBay and you'll see the logo fractor Julio SP and I believe it's not even an image variation. It's just an extended SP, very, uh, SP card where the original logo fractors. There are 110 cards, and then Julio's number 111, and then you have 112, 113, 114 as the other SPs um, with the, with the other players. So I think we're talking super super rare cards here. Like I I'm I'm I don't know the exact print count. I could be totally wrong. Maybe somebody has better insight on this, but I'm guessing. It's like an SSP, like a white jersey or a Gatorade really? So Yeah, where it's less than three hundred copies, right? So I believe that's the better long term investment, to be is honest. Is it the tops chrome? S P this is both. But I sil- I think the so logo the, you think the silver pack is also really low. Really SP'd, yeah. Really, really short printed. And but I, I rather have the logo fract. I just like that card better. I just think it has so much appeal. Um, and it's it's yeah, you can't go wrong with either because there's similar price points, similar pop counts. But I'm I'm if I had to choose one, I'm going logo fractor. But I just thought, you know, there's there's a lot of insight in that. And on top of that, as much as you think that there's a lot, I think Top's update is your mass printed Julio Rodriguez base card. So uh, just like kind of like Acuna, the US two fifty update is kind of like your mass printed um, you know uh, base card and everything else is gonna demand a premium given that julio rodriguez continues to do what he does right so same with acuna in uh, 2018 top series 2 he had an sp right uh and then he didn't have he sorry he had tops chrome and then um the tops chrome sapphire was kind of rare and then the tops update was his mass produce uh printed card right so i find that that's where julio rodriguez is whether tops did that intentionally to um build like a supply demand monster i think those sps are great great long-term investments especially at the price point they're not bad Uh, i don't see them going down too much just because the pop count maybe on the tops chrome side because there's a lot of silver packs still floating around there's a lot of light boxes. We have 10 boxes, by the way, here waiting to be ripped. <laughs> right. So hopefully we have one of them Can't wait. You know, uh, here uh, and, and two Logo Fractor boxes that we have to rip. And we'll film f- through Five Card Guys and Cards we'll to the Moon and all. Integrity Sports yes, Cards. We'll, 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 we'll do a little rip with the Logo Fractors. But anyways, I'm, I'm, I'm just going on and on. Um, I think that the SPs are great cards overall. I think okay. it's it's supply-demand monster. So do you guys? Um,
2: before I get to my pick, do you guys feel the flagship image won't hold as much weight anymore?
1: No, hmm. I don't
2: think so.
0: That's the what tops
1: update SP, yeah. And all well, of the, the yeah, all the, of the yeah.
2: subsequent sets don't have that image though, right? It's that is unique to the and then horizontal,
1: paper. yeah, horizontal versus vertical, right? And I mean. Image counts too. So if you look at the bat down Acuna versus his tops chrome, nobody likes his tops chrome image. Everybody likes the bat down image. So it all depends on what card everybody's kind of like attracted to. And then, but tops update becomes the paper parallel. There's no paper parallel. So if you're Independence Day black, uh, tops clear, you know, Father's Day, Mother's Day collector uh, in paper, tops update is your only solution to that right so it's it, it, it's kind of like a variation of different images and i know that's the complaint that julio has many rookie cards but really it's not too bad like it's not as bad as you think because there's scarcity in the in the rookie cards hmm. it, it's so confusing oh my gosh
2: <laughs> um i'm lost dang you know oh man so i'm so confused on jrod rookie cards like haven't been, i haven't been following and we i we, we, we joked about this like when will pulled his uh julio like the gatorade bath style sp the like update my first yeah. my first thought first of all i never had never seen that card at that point and I, my first thought was uh which card is this is that a special card i don't even know <laughs> like i was just so <laughs> confused there's just so many different images of jrod on a tops product within the la- literally within the past six weeks it's it's right. pretty insane um I'm really confused right now. I think for me it was about to be a very easy pick with that original SP, like Series Two, because it's. Fl- I was gonna go on and on about flagship, but the moment <laughs> Hyung started talking about Logo Fractor and Chrome SP and that they might be like SSP, oh man, I, he might be reeling me the other way. <laughs> the lo- okay, so so I'm gonna, hmm, I am intrigued, and I'm gonna I'm gonna actually flip and go to Hyung's side. But I'm going to pick the Chrome SB because I do like it's the Chrome. Uh, we're going to call it flagship Chrome, uh, even though it's not the flagship image. It is from the silver pack. If it is truly is like an SSP like Hyung might be um, saying, I think that's going to be huge. The logo fractor, I'm with Hyung. I think objectively, I think they're beautiful. They look nice. I'm a little scared that it is kind of like um, top saying... You know, Tops created Sapphire, and that was like the hot mm. supply-demand monster back in the day. And because it was so incredibly hot, the demand was so crazy. They decided, hey, let's just start printing more of it. And then, whoops, we screwed up Sapphire, and now the Sapphire brand has gone down the drain. We got to create a new th- supply and demand monster. Here we go. Let's go Logo Factor. So for me, I feel like they feel like they screwed up the Sapphire brand by printing it too much, and they, they needed another brand new kind of like new and shiny toy supply-demand monster and they picked Logo Fractor. Um, so I don't know. Like I Objectively, I think they're beautiful. I think Young is right that they could be a supply-demand monster and they could hold value. But I feel like it could be that new shiny toy and the subsequent years of Logo Fractors are going to start to wear off and then it's just going to kind of like overall devalue the brand eventually. So I'm a little bit scared of that. So I'm going to just go straight. Tops Chrome, if Young is right, and it, it truly does turn out that SSP <laughs> it, it is like a like a really rare card. I'm gonna go Tops Chrome SP from the
0: silver pack. All right. Tops chrome. Xiang's going Logo Fractor. I'm going Logo Fractor. Yeah, I'm gonna go SP. If, if you heard Friday's episode, you know the correct answer is the first Bowman Chrome autograph base. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the card you go for, and then you just bypass all this confusion of which (laughs) tops, tops, chrome. That's actually a great point. First, Bowman Chrome. But if I had to choose from these three, I'm gonna go with the tops Chrome. I think, just like John said, I like the logo factor. Like I personally really think it's sharp. I just don't know how the rest of the hobby will receive it as time goes by. Kind of similar to what John's point was, you know. And yeah, if tops produces a second edition because this is a first edition of Logo Factor right so so there, there might be value in that you know because it's the first but I have no idea if the Sapphire I thought was a good comp but I don't know if like the first edition of Sapphire still is retaining their value or if that's plummeted because of what Tops did with subsequent releases so
1: depending on that I don't know but um, yeah I might have something that might change your minds okay let's see and maybe maybe this might, and maybe this might. So we talked about image variation. Yep. Yeah. Right. So technically, they I, I believe the tops Chrome uh, uh, from what you guys like. I believe there are color variations, whereas logo yeah. fractor doesn't. Logo fractors don't have color va- variations because it's ex- extended base SP. Meaning it was 110 card base set in the logo fractors, then 111, 112, 113, 114. Julio being 111, there's no parallels, color parallels, which we said SP shouldn't have a color parallel because if they're already short printed. But I believe the Tops Chrome one, they do have color parallels, numbered color parallels out of it. Not that that would change it for you. Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. So you're saying there are color parallels for the Tops Chrome
0: e right. Rookie. Right.
2: I like that. And that's like the Top Chrome SP is the base card, right? There's no other card.
1: There's no other card. Yeah. yeah so I, I like
2: that. I didn't like that about the, the Louis Robert year where he had the base and then he had base color. Like Beau the Bichette. McC- like, same right. thing, right? But then you also had Louis Robert SP and then also SP in certain colors. I didn't right. like I didn't like the colors of the SP I mean, maybe I just didn't like that image where he looks like you know like your your fat uncle or something like he, I don't know you know the picture <laughs> where he's throwing the ball and his shirt's kind of puffed out he looks like a, like a fat uncle I'm like I don't like that picture at all <laughs> um but yeah I didn't, I didn't I didn't like that but if this is like you know if this' is just a singular this is kind of like the flagship chrome SP and then there's there's numbered parallels I like that I'm down.
0: Oh, so you're not swayed to go logo Fractor. No, you're staying no, with. Chrome. I'm sticking with the yeah for sure.
2: I don't think anything would have swayed me off of the logo Fractor. I mean, uh, like swayed me onto the logo Fractor. It it feels too yeah. It feels like they're just too much. They're trying too hard to make it like a new sapphire. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's. It made me think again, for sure. This new information, <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just like the image of the tops chrome personally too better than slightly better than the logo fracture Um, it, I was saying off air, it kind of reminds me of the Acuna white jersey, the right the paper, the stance, up wall. yeah, yeah. So I like that about it, and it's clean. And the price is actually I looked at like there are a few that sold raw. I think. So for six seventy five, the Chrome SP right. yes. versus the like seven fifty for the logo
1: fractor. I, I I do believe there is a lot more. There are a lot more um, SP two twenty two. So tops Chrome. I'll call it refer to two twenty two. Uh, there's a lot more than the logo fractor. Like just on eBay itself, there's there's probably three times more for sale. Uh, so the prices are going to be a little cheaper on that. So it, I guess it, it it's a good kind of like cheap better best option Um, and also we forgot uh, not that it's part of this card I think um, tops update they have an SSP with Ichiro I think that's a pretty cool card I think long term um, I think it's gonna be a monster card as well so that's uh, also a low print run as well so that's a, another image variation of SSP. It's too but many. That's, that's the paper though. That's, that So that would be equivalent to your white, white jersey Acuna. Right. Right? Because uh, Acuna didn't have like, that was in paper that it was an SSP.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at the card. It's pretty sweet. But but you're definitely definitely paying for it. It's almost 1800 for the SSP of that card, the Ichiro. Right. This is too many. I'm so, I'm so confused i'm gonna do a like a, it gives me an idea of like i'll do another instagram reel i'll try to find all the Rod rookie tops cards and then um and see if somebody yeah, can I'll, name them all yeah, there will be a quiz <laughs> i'll try to put that together this week all right um hope that helped you sleepy in seattle once again thanks for the question that was a good one a lot of discussion so I think John and I are with the tops Chrome, and Hyung is sticking with the logo fractor um, in this case in terms of our pick one. If you want to submit a pick one, again, reach out to us on Instagram at Cards to the Moon, or you could email hello at FiveCardGuys.com. We check our emails daily. All right, that wraps up this edition of Tuesday's show. Um, as always, we appreciate all our listeners, and if you haven't already and you enjoyed this episode, we really like it if you could give us five stars and subscribe and uh, you'll be notified whenever a new episode comes on which is typically every tuesday and every other friday until then we'll see you soon bye hey thanks for listening to cards to the moon we'd really appreciate you subscribing to our podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and you can also connect with each of us on instagram at five card guys or you can follow hyung at integrity sports cards or John at Trade You at Recess. You can also check us out at 5 Thanks again and hope to connect soon!